0: Good morning. Welcome to Sunday Morning with the Love in Action. I am Ken Tuck. Thank you for joining me this morning on the Joy FM. I hope you are all enjoying this weekend, and I pray you are ready to get into the Word of God. We are going to talk about today a message that I'm very excited about, and I'm always excited about the Word of God. But today is a, it's one of those messages it's I'm very excited about, it, but it's also a hard message because it's a hard saying from Jesus. But it's a saying that we need to understand and take truly to heart as we do all of his word. And so we're going to get into that today. But before we do, let's go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. Father God, thank you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for your son, Jesus, and the salvation that you purchased for us, Lord Jesus, on that cross. And thank you, Father God, for raising Jesus back to life. And because you live, Jesus, we can also if we just believe and give our lives to you and live for you and truly be your disciples. So Lord, thank you for your word that we're going to study this morning. And Jesus, it's it's a powerful word from you. And Lord, it's a word that we all need to understand. And it's a tough word, Lord. But God, it's, it's your truth. And so Lord, just pray that you will be glorified through this message today and ask you, Holy Spirit, to guide us and lead us in this word. Help me to properly proclaim your word today, properly teach your word today. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, to teach us because you are our teacher. You are the great teacher. And we ask you to give us understanding and give us wisdom and knowledge, Father, and ask you, Father, to help us to be doers of your word and not hearers only. So, Father, we give you this time. We thank you for this time, Lord, and we love you. And it's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Before we get into today's message, I want to remind you that coming up this week, beginning Tuesday, is the friend right here on the Joy FM, and it's your opportunity to really join into the ministry of the Joy FM by giving financially to help support this ministry. It is supported by listeners, a listener-supported ministry. So without your help, our friends here at the Joy FM can't do what they do. So I encourage you, if you are currently a giver, keep giving. If you haven't become part of the giving family, I encourage you to do so. My wife and I do. We are part of the giving family because we believe in this ministry and what God is doing through this ministry. And so we encourage you to join in. And you can give before Tuesday. Just go online at alabama.thejoyfm.com com And you can give today and you can give throughout the week as you hear the friend raiser going on. And let's pray about that as well, that the Lord would just really bless this week and that this ministry here at the Joy FM can be totally funded and so they can do what God's called them to do. Well, let's get into today's message. And the title of it is A Serious Warning from Jesus. Our key text is going to be from Matthew chapter 7 verses 21 through 23. So if you're able to follow along in the Bible this morning, I ask you to turn to that Matthew 7 verses 21 through 23. We read in scripture that Jesus died for our sins and God raised him back to life on the third day to give us everlasting life with him in heaven. And we know that Jesus makes the way for us to come back to the Father, right? We know that sin separated us from God when sin entered the world, but then Jesus bore our sins on the cross, and now we can have total access to the Heavenly Father through Jesus Christ. We can have that personal relationship with Him like He created us to have, like at the beginning we read about in Genesis with Adam and Eve, and then sin entered the world and separated us. But we can receive hope. God's Word gives us so much hope, and we can receive that hope through reading His Word. And to be honest, it makes you feel good when you read God's Word, and, and you read all this hope that Jesus came to give us. And as we read in John 10, 10, He came to give us life, and life abundantly. And we love reading verses like that. And, of course, John three sixteen, the most famous verse in all the Bible, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. God's word is just filled with so much hope for us. In a world that's filled with hopelessness, God's word fills us with hope. And we have hope for the forgiveness of our sins. We have hope for receiving God's mercy and grace and love. We have hope that we have a purpose in this life. So many people wonder, what's my purpose in life? Well, God's word shows us and tells us. And then we have hope for eternal life in paradise with God because of Jesus Christ. Then we come across Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23, where Jesus says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me you workers of iniquity. So here we have people who have prophesied and preached or or taught in Jesus' name. They've cast out demons in Jesus' name, and they did many mighty works in the name of Jesus. Yet Jesus declares to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. You have to ask yourself, how can this be? How can this happen? How can people do all of this in Jesus' name yet not be saved? Now, this is Jesus speaking here in Matthew chapter 7. It's toward the end of his amazing Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus is teaching us a very challenging but practical ethic here in the Sermon of the Mount, which begins in Matthew chapter 5 and goes all the way through Matthew chapter 7. And it's a practical ethic of what he expects his followers to live by in this present age. This was the really the authoritative message of the Messiah. I mean, this was a huge message that Jesus preached, that Jesus taught. And he spoke of the kingdom life for his disciples and he delivers a message that still is blowing people's minds today. And he ends it with this warning in Matthew 7 verses 21 through 23. And these verses should make every confessing Christian stop and pray. We should be in awe in what Jesus is saying right here. And this statement should really shake us to our core. Because what Jesus is saying here is that not everyone who proclaims to be a Christian are truly followers of Jesus, and that should be a statement that, again, should just make a stop right there. I mean, it's, just, it's a frightening statement, really, because all these people are doing all these things in the name of Jesus, yet he never knew them, yet they're proclaiming to be believers in Jesus. Who are these people Jesus is talking about here who are doing all these things in his name, but yet he does not know them? To put it simply, they're fake Christians, and they're doing things to puff themselves up. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 12 through 15. Paul writes, And what I am doing I will continue to do in order to undermine the claim of those who would like to claim that in their boasted mission they work on the same terms as we do. For such men are false mm-hmm. prophets, deceitful workmen, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So it is no surprise if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. Their end will correspond to their deeds. Jesus warns us about false prophets just before the main scripture that we're reading today out of Matthew 7. So let's read Matthew 7, verses 15 through 20. But where are false prophets, Jesus says, who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves? You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes? Are figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. So Jesus has already warned us about false prophets. And then he tells us and gives us this warning about everyone who says, Lord, Lord's not going to enter heaven. But I want us to all understand too, that he's not just talking about prophets or about preachers or teachers of the word. He's talking about every single person who proclaims to be a believer in Jesus Christ. So that could be you, me, everybody who's going to church today, everybody who's not going to church, but still proclaim to be a believer. Jesus is saying there are going to be people on that day. what day? Judgment day that are going to say, Lord, we did all this in your name. He's going to say, I didn't know you depart from me. And so eternal hell is their destination. And so again, this scripture should really make us stop (laughs) and say, okay, God, I'm coming to you. I want to make sure I have this right. And we know if we do or not, we truly know. And we're going to talk more about that and and just really dive into this more. I I want to read here from the Wesleyan Bible Commentary series, what it says about the, the scripture, Matthew 7, 21 through 23. It says, The danger of being deceived by false prophets appears in verses 21 through 23. It is clear that neither religious words such as Lord, Lord, or impressive religious signs such as prophesying, casting out demons, or working miracles guarantee the genuineness of a person. Regardless of what a prophet may say or do, that prophet will be judged on conformity to the will of God. The question is whether a person does the will of the Father who is in heaven. When such obedience is lacking, Jesus will speak the damning word of judgment, I never knew you, despite a sparkling record of ministry and miracles. Through reading the scripture in Matthew 7, we see and understand that an oral confession of Jesus as Lord does not always indicate a repentant heart. And it's easy, especially here in southeast Alabama where we live or the panhandle of Florida or if you're listening in southwest Georgia, it's pretty easy just to tell people, hey, I'm a Christian. Yeah, I believe in Jesus because there's not much persecution at all of Christians here in our part of the United States, and we're blessed for that, right? But that can also make people way too complacent. I remember one time a pastor in China, when things were looked like they were opening up some oh, about eight years ago, a reporter asked him, how do you feel about having a little more freedom now? And he said, well, it's great, but I hope we don't get too much because then we will become complacent. And, well, they don't have too much freedom anymore in China, so the Believers over there, especially in the underground church, man, the gospel is spreading and it's growing because they're not complacent. And they are true believers in Jesus Christ because it's not safe to say that you are over there or in many other parts of the world. But just saying that we know Jesus or we believe in Jesus or that we're Christians is not a guarantee of salvation because it just don't happen that way. We can't just say it and they go on living the lives that we want to live. That's what you call head knowledge. And that won't save us. We need that heart knowledge, believing in Jesus in our hearts, with all of our hearts. That's where it needs to be. The ESV Study Bible says this about the Scripture False disciples may exercise power in Jesus' name, but their activities are meaningless because they deceive themselves and other believers, desiring attention for their own spectacular displays, mighty works are not proof of the Father's will, since they can come from sources other than God, including demons and human contrivance. In verse 23, Jesus says, He will one day exercise the prerogative of condemning people to hell. And it's something God can only do. But see here, Jesus is showing his divinity and telling us his divinity. In John chapter 5, verse 22, we read, For the Father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son. Though these condemned prophets appeared to belong to Jesus, they were never truly saved, and Jesus never knew them. By referring to himself as Lord and depicting himself as the ultimate judge of humanity, Jesus implied his deity right here in this statement, showing that he is the one who will be judging all of us. The John MacArthur Bible Commentary says this, "...not that far from being totally devoid of works of any kind," These people were claiming to have done some remarkable signs and wonders. In fact, their whole confidence was in these works, further proof that these works, spectacular as they may have appeared, could not have been authentic. No one so bereft of genuine faith could possibly produce true good works. A bad tree cannot bear good fruits. We read that in Matthew 7, verse 18. The Holman Christian Standard Bible study says, True disciples affirm Jesus' lordship, submit to his authority, and obey his commands. Jesus insisted that a person is confirmed as a true disciple not by prophecy, exorcism, or working miracles, but by living a transformed life made possible by God. The disobedient lifestyles of lawbreakers are inconsistent with genuine discipleship. Jesus' words, I never knew you, show that these were never truly his disciples. Now understand, Jesus' warning here, again, it isn't just to prophets or preachers or teachers of the word, but it's to everyone who proclaims to be a Christian. He's saying that a verbal claim to follow him isn't going to bring us salvation. It's a personal relationship with Jesus. That personal relationship with Jesus, truly and fully trusting and believing in him as our Lord and Savior, it's committing our lives totally To Jesus. Nominal Christianity just isn't going to work. That's not going to get people to heaven. We can't just, again, say that we know him, but live the same lifestyle that we've always lived. Now, when we truly know Jesus, he transforms our lives, and we're not the same. And our lifestyles look different because they are different, because we're living for him. So we have to totally commit our lives to him. We can fool each other. We can fool everybody except for God, because God knows our hearts. He knows what's in our hearts, and he knows if we have invited him into our hearts or not. We can say all the right things. We can quote a whole lot of scriptures, and we can do all the right things, but still God knows our hearts. It's only through giving our lives to Jesus are we saved, and if we're only giving him lip service and not living for him, then we are evildoers and workers of lawlessness, as he says there in verse 23. We must understand that we cannot merely say that we are Christians. We must truly be followers of Jesus. So how can we make sure that we're saved? How can we have confidence of eternal life with Jesus? Let's look at that. Who makes it to heaven? Well, according to Jesus, only those who truly believe in and follow him and only those who do the will of our Father in heaven. Those are the ones who truly will be saved, who truly will make it to heaven. John chapter 6, verse 40 tells us the will of the Father. And Jesus says, For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. John chapter 5, verse 24 says, Truly, truly, I say to you, and this is Jesus speaking, Whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but pass from death to life. So we need to believe upon the Son in Jesus Christ, the one and only Son of God, the Messiah, the Savior of mankind. That's the will of the Father. Matthew Henry says that it is necessary to our happiness that we do the will of Christ, which is indeed the will of his Father in heaven. The will of God as Christ's Father is his will in the gospel, for there he is made known as the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ and in him our Father. Now this is his will, that we believe in Christ, that we repent of sin, that we live a holy life, that we love one another. This is his will, even our sanctification. Jesus talks about the Father's will in John chapter 6, verses 28 through 29. This is when some men came up to Jesus and they had a question about what God required of them. And this is Jesus' response. They asked him, what must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. See, God wants us to have faith in his Son. That is God's will. And we read it again in 1 John chapter 3, verse 23. This is his command, to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ. Then we read in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, Those who are born again by faith in Christ will produce good works to the glory of God. See, Jesus isn't talking about salvation by works. But through salvation and Jesus living in us, we will do good works for the glory of God, not to puff ourselves up but to bring attention to God, to bring him glory. And that's just a, Jesus is flowing through us, just an outpouring of Jesus who is in us as believers. And we'll all want to bring glory to God when we're filled with Jesus, when we're living for Jesus. Jesus, we read in the gospel, he's always pointing to the Father, always bringing glory to the Father. So if Jesus is truly in us, we're going to be doing the same thing. But salvation, we have to understand, it's not about works. It's through faith alone in Jesus Christ, not works, but those good works are going to be a result of our salvation. We must have faith in Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We must believe in our hearts that Jesus suffered and he died on the cross for our sins and on the third day that God raised him back to life. Jesus tells us to repent of our sins and follow him. The Apostle Paul writes in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 10, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. One believes with the heart, resulting in righteousness. And one confesses with the mouth, resulting in salvation. And then again, John chapter 3, verse 16. Jesus tells us to believe. Believe in him. So we need to believe that Jesus died, he rose again. We need to repent of our sins, which means turning from our sinful ways and turning to Jesus, doing a 180. And we must believe, put our faith in Jesus and confess him as our Lord and as our Savior. So what happens to those who Jesus says, I never knew you, depart from me? Those who truly don't believe in Jesus, what happens? Well, simply Jesus would judge them and they would go to hell. And this isn't something that Jesus just says, okay, I'm going to do this. We make that choice by whether we're following him or not. And Jesus is the judge. Justice will be served, and those who live for him, who believe in him, have faith in him as Savior and Lord, will go to heaven, and those who don't will go to hell. Joseph Benson, who was a prominent Methodist pastor in England in the late 1700s, early 1800s, he said this, "'For none can enter heaven but those who are saved from their sins on earth. If we die in our sins where Jesus is, we cannot come.'" When Jesus said, "'I never knew you,' he meant that he never recognized them as his true disciples.'" He knew them for who they were. I mean, Jesus knows everyone and everything. There's nothing that God doesn't know. So he knows them as far as who they are, but he's saying there was no relationship. He didn't dwell on their hearts because they never invited him in. They were never in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Therefore, he didn't cut off the relationship. There was never one to start with. What the prophet Isaiah said about the hypocrisy of the Israelites also properly describes this group. God is speaking through the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 29, verse 13, and he says, These people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. The evildoers whom Jesus does not know simply are fake Christians, false teachers, nominal adherents to religion. And Jesus, it's not about religion. It's about relationship. And there's obviously none there when Jesus tells them, I never knew you. The website Got questions says this, those who depart from the presence of the Lord will not partake of blessings of the kingdom. Revelation chapter 22, verse 15. Outside are the dogs, those who practice magic arts, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. They will be cast into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's Matthew 8:12. "Those fake Christians whom Jesus says he never knew will not produce the fruit of the spirit. And we read about the fruit of the spirit in Galatians chapter 5 verses 19 through21. that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now, see, Jesus is talking about those who never produce the fruit of the Spirit. Rather, they produce the opposite, the works of the flesh instead of the works of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. And Jesus warns that one day he will tell a group of religious practitioners this. I never knew you. Man, those are words that you never want to hear. We want to hear, well done, a good and faithful servant, not I never knew you. And God takes no delight in sending people to hell. But those who are told to depart have rejected God's eternal purpose and plan for their lives. They have spurned the light of the gospel, choosing the darkness instead because their deeds were evil. We see that in John chapter 3, verse 19. At the judgment, they try to justify themselves as worthy of heaven on the basis of their works, the prophecies, the exorcisms, miracles, etc. But no one will be justified by his own works. Galatians chapter 2, verse 16, we read, yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. While claiming to do all of these good works in Christ's name, they failed to do the only work of God that counts, and that's to have faith in the one he sent, that we read in John chapter 6, verse 29. And let's read it again. Jesus answered them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him who he has sent. And so Jesus, the righteous judge, condemns them to eternal separation from him. Matthew chapter 13, verses 41 through 42, the son of man will send his angels and they will gather out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all lawbreakers and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I like how the IVP New Testament commentary puts it, God will expose our hearts on the day of judgment. Some people claim to accept Jesus as a great teacher, but no more than a teacher. Yet a central component of Jesus' teaching is the revelation of his identity. And in this passage, as in Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 through 46, Jesus claims the role of final judge. Churchgoers today are no more automatically saved than those who ate with Jesus in the past. It's just like going to a hamburger restaurant doesn't make you a hamburger, does it? So just going to church doesn't make you a Christian. Jesus is saying it's not those who claim to know him, but it's those who do the will of the Father that has any claim on Jesus. Matthew chapter 12, verse 50, For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. When Jesus says, Depart from me, I never knew you, he's banning wickedness from his presence. Let's look at what Jesus says in Matthew 7, verse 19. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Matthew Henry said, A profession of religion will not bear out any man in the practice of indulgence of sin. Therefore, let everyone that named the name of Christ depart from iniquity. I told you this was a tough message because it's a hard saying from Jesus, but it's true and it's one that everybody needs to understand. Just going to church or just claiming to be a Christian is not enough. We need to give our lives to Jesus. We need to fully receive his salvation, fully trust in him put our faith fully in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, we got to stop playing games, y'all. You may fool some people, but you'll never fool God. He truly knows our hearts. So don't miss Jesus. Don't miss out on eternal life with him. Don't just say you're a Christian or don't just go to church and go through the motions. Don't play games with your salvation. Don't let pride stand in your way. Give your life to Jesus today and truly follow him. Truly be a disciple of Christ. How do you do that? That's what we've been talking about. We trust in Jesus. We put our faith in him. We believe that he's our Lord and Savior. And as the Apostle Paul said, we confess that, that Jesus, you are our Savior. You are our Lord. I believe you died and rose again on the third day. Jesus says to repent of our sins, and so that's to ask him to forgive us. First John 1, 9 says when we do that, God's faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins and cleanse us of all of our unrighteousness. So God, forgive me for my sins. I repent of my sins. I turn away from them, and I turn to you, and I give you my life. Lord, I want to live for you. Help me to live for you each and every day. And just put your faith in him and believe in him. He is the Messiah, the one and only Son of God. He is the way, the truth, and the life, and the only way to the Father, and live for Him. That's what we see the disciples doing, isn't it? He said, follow me, and they said, okay, and they did, and they followed Him, and then they they learned more about Him, they learned from Him, and then they lived for Him, and when they saw the resurrected Savior, there was no one that could convince them that He's not the Messiah, and they lived for Him for the rest of their lives. And most of them died as a martyr, except for John. But Jesus gives us faith. He gives us the boldness to live for him and to be his witnesses, even if it costs us our lives. So I encourage you today, call out to Jesus and start living for him. Trust him. Put your faith in him. And he will transform your life, and he will give you eternal life. But don't be one of those who on the day of judgment, he says, I never knew you. And you can say, well, Jesus, I I claim to be a Christian. He'll say, I never knew you. Invite them in. Jesus is awesome, and he's the best friend you'll ever have. He is the Messiah. He is the Savior. He is God. And I encourage you today to make that decision today and live for him. If you have any questions, please contact me. Our number here at Love in Action is 334-494-4995. 334-494-4995. You can email me at Ken.tuck. At loveinactionministries.com, Ken Dot Tuck at loveinactionministries.com. If you have any questions at all, please contact me. If you say, "Hey, I, I want to follow Jesus," please let me know that too, because I I can give you the next steps on how to live this life for Jesus, and then you too will know that you know that you know that you are saved. You know, I had a friend who's now with Jesus, evangelist Andy Bryan. He once what well, he used to always say. If you're 99.9% sure that you're saved, then you're 100% lost. You can be 100% sure. Put your faith in Jesus. Well, I thank you for joining me today for Sunday Morning with Love and Action, and I pray you have a great rest of the day. I pray you have a wonderful week coming up and that you will always remember that Jesus loves you. Put your faith in him. I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May he lift up his countenance upon you, and give you peace.